the Spotlight, a chance to get to know the Financial Services Practice Group team at Barry Dunn. I'm Susan Weber. And I'm Brooke Wells. Fellow team members and hosts of the series. And we're mixing things up a little bit today. Susan, we're going to turn the spotlight on to you. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Okay. All right. To start, you're a senior manager here at Barry Dunn and our first bank consultant. Could you tell everyone a little bit more about what you do? Sure. So I guess I'd describe myself as the experienced newcomer. I've been here for just about a year after spending 26 years in public banking. Um, The majority of my banking career was in credit, credit risk, and risk management. Uh, I've held a variety of leadership positions, and although I've done a lot of different things uh, in banking, but primarily in those areas, I love that now I get to help clients tackle all kinds of credit risk-related projects. And I do work work primarily with all kinds of financial institutions, but I would say that a lot of the risk management challenges and solutions that um, that we work with can be universally applied. You've quickly become a well-known uh, CISOL expert. Could you talk a little bit more about that? <laughs> yep. It definitely <laughs> feels like uh, not a day goes by. We don't talk a little bit about CISOL. Um, Yes, well, we're helping institutions with everything from project managing their CECL implementation to helping explain and document their model, including policies, procedures, and controls, to providing board education sessions. And we've really been extremely busy with methodology reviews and model validation projects. I am literally getting calls and emails every day. Uh, This work is probably work that will continue as people get more experience with their model and with vendor performance in real time. They might be learning some very very interesting things about that process uh, next year and the year after. And so I, I think, you know, just periodic reviews and validations are going to be probably the, the name of the game. And, and um, you know, of course, as they learn more about auditor and examiner expectations, those are things that we can help people with. Sounds like you're a little bit special in that regard, since you've already gone through a full adoption from the banker's point of view. Well, um, I suppose that that's true. I do think that that gives us a distinct advantage because I've been able to see all sides of the equation. I've experienced that in real time, right? Bank, board, vendor management, auditor, and regulator. Those are all discussions um, that I am experienced in and having and well-versed in, so I don't have to guess at what at what their interests are, what they'll ask. And with that stop and start nature of CISO, we really identified a need this year to revisit uh, all the various components of the standard to really give people some very accessible advice and guides and tools to help them through this final year or so of preparation. So you mentioned the CISO series, and does this include articles and podcasts? Is that wrapped up now? Yes, yeah, so we did both. It was really fun. Um, and no, we're not done. We have a few more planned right into the first quarter of 2023. And as more financial institutions adopt through the year, we'll continue to keep people informed as to what's happening in the space and what's been learned. Um, but I would also expect us to start expanding the series into other credit risk and risk management topics. Sounds like a big undertaking. Thankfully, we have an expert on this. <laughs> Did you always want to be in financial services? No, actually, I didn't. (laughs) I wanted to be a children's author and illustrator living on a farm surrounded by lots of animals. And my next choice was teacher. 
wow, that is quite the 180 turn. What <laughs> happened? How did you get from there into banking and finance? I, I can appreciate why you're confused. Um, <laughs> I came to it in a very roundabout way. Uh, what most people don't know about me is that I come from a very musical background. I spent a lot of time singing, performing. I play piano and flute, a little guitar, even harp, uh, a little bit of harp even. Uh, my mom was a great harpist and, and I learned from her. And I also ring handbells and directed a few choirs. And the summer between high school and college, I even toured with a singing group in Europe for a month. Europe? What? That's awesome. <laughs> so for our next uh, team get together, sounds like you're going to put on a show for us, right? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I don't think anyone is ready for Cecil the musical. But, um, <laughs> but as I was always really good uh, at math, too, you know, I, I I just think about that, you know, I'm thinking about complicated things and then trying to explain them to others in high school. Some of our classmates used to find my best friend and I in the library before school and we'd help them with math homework, you know, things like that. So I've always sort of had this math art combo my whole life. And when I was graduating college, I felt like banking would be good for me, right? A real life experience and set of skills, um, something to start my business career with and a way for me to kind of do all of that, right? Teach, coach, Credit management is part art and science. Um, I get to publish content, and and I do actually live on a farm, though uh, pets are our only animals, and and that's plenty for me. <laughs> In the time that I've worked with you, I've seen how well you work and help others through some pretty complicated things. I can really see how you combined all of your passions up into your career. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. I appreciate that, Brooke. So, Susan, what's next? What else are you working on? Oh my goodness, we're always working on something, but I guess uh, if I were going to give an example, one major example uh, that, we're, that we're very closely monitoring is what's developing in the ESG space. And so ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governments. And a lot of folks have heard of new expected climate and sustainability disclosures coming. We're definitely keeping an eye on those decisions, but we're also watching what's coming right behind it, which may result in disclosure standards regarding things like diversity, equity, and inclusion worker conditions and treatment, um, those types of things. And we're watching these developments to help boards and management stay on top of and prepare for what's coming and where not only they may have to be in terms of compliance, but thinking more strategically about where they want to be in the space altogether. Sounds like a lot of things are in the pipeline. Well, it was so fun getting to shine the spotlight on you today, Susan. Before we go, are you ready for a quick accounting joke? Oh, boy. Is anybody ever ready for a quick accounting joke? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. I'm ready. I'm prepared. How does Santa's accountant value his sleigh? How does Santa's accountant value his sleigh? Um, it seems like this is something I should know. Let me think. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> With net present value. <laughs> okay, I see why you picked that one for me. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, on that note, thanks everyone for joining. Be on the lookout for more of your favorite professionals in the spotlight.